When it comes to commercial snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the Midwest, Tovar delivers top-notch commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24-hour live office staff, certified meteorologists, and personal service, they are leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to baseball.tovarsnow.com or call 844-GO-TOVAR. That number again is 844-GO-TOVAR. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snowplowing leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer. The Club 400 Podcast is on the air live at Parkside Pub in Huntley, Illinois. Not live as you're listening to this, but we are live here at a great bar, one of my hometown bars, Parkside Pub. William, what do you think, buddy? Your hometown bar? Well, it's really your hometown bar. It is kind of your hometown bar. William, you know, is Mr. Huntley. I think you guys know that. He used to work for the Huntley Radio Station. I was born here. I mean, when we pub. started the Club 100 podcast, we were broadcasting out of Huntley Radio. That's right. Unbelievable. We, so we got a lot of fun stuff going on tonight, too. We got a lot of good stuff. We got Joe Killigan here tonight from Chicago, Illinois. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Joe, I got to ask you, because I got to bring this up, because it has to do with today. Today, I almost got in my first fight since junior high. Let me ask you, when's the last time a Joe got in a big fight? Well, a big fisticuffs fight? A, a, <laughs> uh, let's see, it was after a Christmas party three years ago, which Not is embarrassing for her because I'm 36 now. Usually, you, you're smart. You, you cut it back a long time ago. I'm not the guy that ever starts a fight, but I'm the guy that's like, you said what to my friend? And then things get bad. So I, I like to think I'm someone who protects people. So yeah, I watch enough YouTube videos and I've seen Crowley in action. The key to fighting is you gotta throw the first punch because it, you could get knocked the heck out, right? I mean, so anyways, long story short, I'm getting ready because you know, William's gotta work and I gotta actually do all the hard work to get this podcast done. I pull up in front of Parkside Pub and it's packed full of cars. You must be exhausted because I don't. you don't usually do much of anything. <laughs> and I couldn't get a parking spot so I went around back, there's a little alley, all right? Stone, do and Bob, please listen to this. You, I mean, I can't even tell the story I want to tell. So anyways, I park right by the back entrance, and I'm about ready to load some stuff. And I'm, I'm loading p- little pieces at a time. I'm not trying to work too hard. I'm trying to be like William over here. And uh, so I probably left for a 30 seconds at a time. So I came back, and I noticed two cars in the back of my truck. And the guy's like, and I'm like, all right, sorry, dude. Uh, you can move right past me. I'm going to pull aside. He goes, ah, those chairs are in the way. I don't think I'll be able to get through. I'm like, all right. So I run around the corner. This guy flies by me. There's a white truck behind him. He stops, and he gives me the business. I mean the business. Like, if if I had to rate his temper at that time, it was a number 10. He went from, I don't know where he was before, but he was a number 10. He was, his eyes were bulging. He, is, uh, he was sweating, perfume. i like, oh my God. I'm like, hey buddy, 
I apologize. I'm unloading some stuff. I know you only waited here for 20, 30 seconds. Well, because there's kids here, a uh, lot of swear words being said, whatever else. He did not stop on me. And then finally, I started getting mad because how mad he was at me. And I'm just like, man, sorry I wasted 30 seconds of your day. All right? So I pull around in the parking lot. He pulls around to the back of the parking lot. He has his window rolled down. And I'm like, and he's still yelling at me. He's swearing at me. And by the way, I just came from the gym, so I wear these tight white shirts that make me look terrible, by the way. And, but I don't care because it, it influences me to work a little harder. So my belly's popped out. My man boobs are popped out. I say, so I walk up right to his truck, and I said, hey, man. You want to sing it? Bring it. Get out of that truck. And I told him, <laughs> I'm throwing first, all right? So you, don't, you better throw before I do. And he goes, and he started calling me, oh, you look at you, you're you fat ton hussy. And I'm like, holy crap, what did he call me like two years ago when I was 70 pounds heavier? Then he rips on my man boobs. Then he made me really mad, William. But fortunately, I am not in jail, and I'm here tonight with you guys here at Parkside Pub. That's a success story right there. Good job. And Lisa, you know how that story ends, right? He said, do you know who I am? I have my own beer. All right. We're going to move perfect. on. Uh, I appreciate like That was uh, like, man, at least Real I have quick, something. Can I cut you off, though? Did you want me to tell the story? Because like, a dude named Nick, who I met when I was yes. 17, is in the crowd tonight. Good old Nick here. Uh, local police, law enforcement, everybody. And he... Uh, witnessed because he was an RA at Thompson Hall down in Macomb, Illinois, where the Western Illinois University is. It was Halloween night. We're walking back into Thompson Hall and a, and a gentleman, I should say not a gentleman, spit on my sister's face. I was the younger brother, but I still, I, I've got her back and I saw red and I started fighting him. I think I, I pulled off a DDT, which is always nice to do because when you could pull off a Bret Hart move in the middle of a fight, you score points, right? And to top it all off, I was dressed as Carrie Wood because it was Halloween. So her friends what who that, were, What does that costume exist of, by chance? It was just your standard. It was the away jersey because I couldn't get the pinstripe pants. I couldn't find them. Oh, that's so funny. I know so many diehard Cubs fans like all of you. I've, I've never met anyone who owns the pinstripe blue pants. We all have the pinstripe blue jersey. Let me guess. You have them, don't you? No, I don't have them. You but don't. I, no, I, I got these shorts, and that's those about it. Those shorts are probably yeah. better than that, but I did. We will so. challenge accepted. We will find those. We got to find someone. If you're out there listening, you got to hit these guys up. Cordy, can you work on that pin street pin street stripe pants or what? <laughs> Let's get. I know you know people, blue. Courtney. So, anyways, uh, like I said. So what, what was the end of well, the, the end of the story basically was my sister who was an RA at Thompson Hall the next day everyone's talking going hey well, there's surveillance footage apparently Carrie Wood kicked the crap out of this guy and when she told me that I'm like well you're damn right he did that's Carrie Wood this was 2002 everyone so this was prime Carrie Wood right coming off of a, a rebound season from an injury so you know you got big, you got big kid K down in Macomb wrecking shop I love it, Joe, and I'm going to tell you right now, me and my brother Eric are the originators, and Stone, sorry Stone, we'll bring Stone in this podcast one of the days. We were the We Got Wood guys back in the day. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I, I got that stories shirt. I could tell you about that, Joe. That's awesome. But anyways, we'll get down to the heart of the matter. Everybody, I want to introduce my guy who came all the way to Chicago. I offered to get him a ride down here. He said, no, Stu, I'll tough it out. I'll drive. He is your host on the Lockdown Cubs podcast. He just started that like a week ago, Joe? Yeah, a little over a week ago. 
He is a Chicago comedian who's worked with the Chicago Cubs organization. And I remember I saw you at the Anthony Rizzo laugh off, right? Yeah, that was I awesome. Perform, I performed at two, the last two of Anthony Rizzo's laugh offs. I hosted the very last one, which is really cool. And what a sweetheart. And they, they better extend him. I actually thought I was going to get in trouble because for the 2020 laugh off, which was, you know, January or something, because it was the same time as the Cubs convention, I had some notes. Things have changed. And when I did it, he didn't do one in 2019 because it was his honeymoon. And then in 2018, you know, they're riding high after the 2017 season. Oh, we didn't win the World Series, but still NLCS appearance. No notes there, except for Anthony wanted us to roast everybody. For the 2021, there was some notes, one being which don't talk about the payroll. They show this tearjerker of a video, and you being a, an you both being incredible charity charitable people, I, I know would appreciate this. They show this video of all the amazing things the Anthony Rizzo Family Foundation has achieved, and and their people are literally crying in the audience because it was this three minute video of all the kids he's helped. I'm hosting the event, so when the video ends, I have to say things. I just open my mouth right away and say, I don't care give this man 350 million dollars because he'll spend it better than anyone would spend 300 he'd probably donate 300 million of it for children's charities across the country like give this man sign a blank check i didn't care i'm like if i get fired from never doing this event again i don't give a shit i'm sorry there's a small children child right over there i won't swear but i really didn't i was gonna risk it and i made a joke about ben zobris's wife 20 minutes later that luckily got a big enough laugh where I was able to. I was. Yeah, I was a little worried about that one, but it paid off. No, Joe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, first of all, let's give it up for Chicago's very own Joe Kilgon, everybody. I mean, hey, the guy is the best. I mean. Nicole, good to see everyone. Thank you. And I just also, by the way, an Uber from Chicago to here would have cost a few hundred dollars. So no way was I going to let you do that. You could have picked me up from the Metro. I was happy to drive. It was only 45 minutes. I know. There you go. Kathy would have drove. She drove our beer all the way to Arizona and back. She's the best. But I do want to thank you for the offer. Very nice of you. But, Joe, I wanted to... Uh, like, I was there that night, and that was private. Pretty much, you, it wasn't even open to the public, right? It was not, no. Was, so, like, when you go into that kind of a situation, and you're with nothing but, like, your, your idols, your favorite players, yeah. their families, Chicago celebrities, let me ask you, before you walk into that... I don't. Where was it held? I forgot. I was there. I was there. I got invited by Hendrix. Tao or Tao? Yeah, Tao. Yeah. Tao, yeah. How nervous were you walking into that? Even though you've done comedy shows all the time, were you nervous or no? You know, for that one, I wasn't. The first time I did in 2018, I was a bit nervous. I um, I've unfortunately had like, I'm like the Forrest Gump of being a Chicago sports fan, Cubs in particular. I was in that Cubs commercial with Ike Barinholtz in 2018. I was the only other person with a line in the commercial. You know that everybody in commercial? He goes into the bathroom at the famed Wrigley Field troughs, which I love, never get rid of the troughs. And he goes, you know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, dude, we're in a bathroom. Like, you know, I, I, I've had a lot of weird moments. I, I went to Jake Garrett's No Hitter in L.A. I, so I've been very fortunate with that stuff. And even with... Didn't we meet on Crowley's podcast? We did. We met on the San Rancho podcast. Not, so well, we should I throw him out. Yeah, we should actually, you know, actually, I'll knock the sandwich right out of his hand. So I wasn't that nervous in 2020 and also I became friends with Ryan Dempster he was at a, a show at the Laugh Factory in Chicago and we hung out afterwards and then I've uh, Ryan Dempster's done his Off the Mound show uh, a couple live performances one at the Vic and then one at Park West I was at West. that too were you at the one at the Vic That's yeah, I, was I, the, like, I was the warm up comedian I opened yeah, it up yeah I, yeah I think I missed you but I remember you were on the bill but I was not just before the band so people were kind of filing in they just wanted me to get the crowd situated right you're kind I, of the warm, like get everybody going yeah I think I was throwing out free candy just kind of pumping people up 
And that was crazy, too, because, again, Carrie Wood, uh, uh, Anthony Rizzo was on that as well, and Glennon Rush was one of the coolest people. Oh, we, I want to get Dempster and Glennon Rush together at Club 400. That would be a party, that would wouldn't be it? amazing. Glennon Rush That's is so cool. Here's a quick little Glennon Rush story. He said, hey, feel free to go after me. And I go, oh, well, you know, I was at the game in which you gave up your second home run to Bronson Arroyo. And he goes, feel free, go for it, go for it, make fun of that. And then instead, though, if you go to Glennon Rush's baseball reference page, it has him listed at 6'2", 175. And, and I looked at Glenn and I go, what was that, freshman year of high school? Because he was never 175 in his playing career, ever. Never. He was a beefy guy. He's a beefy guy. So I roasted him pretty good for that. He had a, he had a good, uh, he's got a great sense of humor about all those sort of things. But I was, I was nervous in 2018. And coincidentally enough, what calmed me down was a 15-minute conversation I had with Tom Ricketts. Now, I know he's not very popular right now, and I, I, I disagree with a lot of the spending hey, moves. I'm a big fan, though. He's popular at Club 400. <laughs> All right, cool. He's popular Only because he's came out two times for free and helped us raise over $70,000. Well, that's great. No, and that's never great. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have a bad team. thing to say about him either because he was, it was a really great conversation. Obviously, I would have liked, hey, Nick Castellanos was there for the taking. What were you doing? But, I, you know. I, 100% agree. Nick should be a Cub right now. No doubt about it. I feel like, uh, you ever see, of course, you've seen Seinfeld. I feel like George's father, where it's like, how do you trade Jay Buhner? Like, if you ever had the opportunity to talk to the owner of your team, you got to say something. I, it was, we were waiting, you know, all the comedians that night had to get there half an hour before everyone else arrived. But Tom Ricketts got there, like, shortly after us. So he was kind of standing around. And he knew one other person was talking to him, and I just walked up saying, hey, thanks for the World Series. I've been a diehard Cubs fan my whole life. Uh, you know, I, I love everything you guys have done with the, with the organization, from the, the new park in Mesa and all this other stuff. He's like, oh, thanks, I really appreciate that. And then we just started chit-chatting, and it was one of those things where it's like, all right, I understand when people are being nice. So I was giving him outs. I was giving him like chances to get out of the conversation. Because yeah, yeah. in my head, I'm like, you must know so many more people to talk to than just some comedian you've never met in your life. But then he kept going, so what else are you up to? And I'm like, all right, man, if you want to keep going. Because in my head, you're like, I'm like, all right, you can go. You've given me enough of your time. And it was funny because it was right around the time the rumors about their own television network started. And I said, I go, well, yeah, that seems to be the move. You know, there's a lot of teams are doing that nowadays and all this. And I joked with him saying, well, if you're looking for a host, I know a guy. And he said, could you talk about baseball from November to April and still be interesting? Because this whole thing was, what are we going to do in the offseason with content? And I was just like, oh, believe me, I can. Then I went up that night, and not to knock the Second City improvisers, but the improv wasn't hitting. They needed a stand-up. A stand-up, you could go up there and really take control. Improv, everyone's playing games, and it's, you know. I went up there and just grabbed the mic and just completely went after the players. Schwarber had just lost weight, so everybody's doing jokes about, like, oh, Schwarber's being chubby, is he thin, is he chubby? I'm like, dude, you hit 412 in the World Series. You could do an Oprah yo-yo with your weight, and everyone, and if anyone makes fun of your defense, also say, I hit 412 in the World Series. Kiss my chubby ass. I'm Kyle Schwarber. And that right away got everyone's attention. Then I started doing jokes. Uh, Joe Madden was there, and I'm like, I don't see Kyle. Kyle Hendricks, you sent him home early, Joe. Where is he? You know, like, ah, yeah, nice. just, and well Madden, Madden loved it, right? Oh, yeah. And, you know, everyone was busting That's awesome, shots. Joe. Yeah, so then it made it relaxed. And then when I got off stage, and I did swear a little bit that night, I walked right past Tom Ricketts and I said, don't worry, when you hire me for the network, I won't swear as much. <laughs> so I kind of put it out there. I haven't been nice. hired yet. I haven't been hired yet, but if I ever do have a show on Marquee, you guys hopefully remember this story. I'll tell you what, that's the one thing, you know, we got Crowley in the house tonight. Uh, 
But Crowley, you know, Crowley he, be my he's, he's a passionate, he's a passionate guy. He, he, he likes to get angry at the Cubs here and there. And we got you, Joe, the ultimate like cheerleader of the Cubs, which I do love. That I'm the same type of guy. I'm a win or lose. I'm a Cub fan, blue and blue. But tell me, like, how your passion got to be? Because that's the thing about Joe. You watch his recaps on Twitter, real quick, Joe. Where are we finding on social media? On Twitter, it's simply at Joe Kilgallen. It's spelled K-I-L and then the word Gallon. Uh, it's a nice Irish name. And then my YouTube channel, if you're into stand-up comedy, don't watch it with your children. That's YouTube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. I got into the Cubs. See, the funny thing is my father is more of a Cubs fan like Crawley. My dad watches the Cubs where he gets angry and mad and all that stuff. And he thinks he's a jinx. There were times during the 2016 run where he turned off the game because he felt like he was jinxing them. And I just, I dropped all, of, and I was like that too forever. Uh, I'm, I'm a you know, diehard Cubs fan since birth, basically. Grew up, I think I had Andre Dawson pajamas, like just obsessed, you know, I was born in 84. My dad told me stories about, oh, the year you were born, we were this close, Steve F and Garvey and all that stuff. And we should have had the more games, that we should have had home, you know, the whole, the San Diego got an extra game because of prime time or some stupid reason, I don't know. And my dad was at the Lee Elia game that everyone was celebrating recently, saying that, we did boo him because he's a, he was a terrible manager. I like how everyone celebrates that famous Lee Ilya, or Ilya, I can never pronounce his last name right. The rant. Yeah, the people celebrate that rant, and I'm like, he was wrong. He said, yeah, it was funny because he's swearing a lot, but he, with first base open, they pitched to Steve Garvey. My dad was in the crowd. He was one of the 15,000 jerk-offs, as, as Lee likes to say, and said, we were all yelling, walk him, walk him, because you had first base open, runners at second and third, and, and he pitched to Garvey like an idiot. Garvey hits the ball off the right center field wall for a triple. Both runs score. The Cubs lose. And it's like, you're damn right we booed because everyone in the ballpark knew to intentionally walk him, except the guy who was paid to make those decisions. So whenever people celebrate that, I do not appreciate it at all. I go, that guy's an idiot. But, uh... We anyway, need to make don't. a note of that. I mean, does Joe even breathe when he talks? I don't know. I do not. I see, not when I get know, upset. Watch, follow this guy on Twitter after the game. If they lose, he's great. If they win, he's even better. Well, that's why I realized, though, I'm like, if I keep going on that negative path, I'm going to have a heart attack at, like, 40. So I was like, I got to – it all started when we hired Theo and Joe, where I kind of turned around as a Cubs fan because I was the most knock on wood. Hey, shut up. Don't say that. You know, you sat in that chair when that happened. You sit back in that chair when that happened. I was so superstitious. And then when we hired Theo and then when Madden came to town with his positivity, I was like, I got to relax and try to enjoy this as much as possible. And, and that's what I've tried to retain. Do, do I get mad during the course of the game? Yes, but I don't feel the need to uh, bring that to my Cubs recaps and, and to Twitter, especially when – now, Crawley never does this. I've never seen Crawley single out a player. There are some Cubs fans who would be like, God, Javi sucks. And I'm like, no, he does. Don't, how dare you? Is he having a bad stretch right now? Sure, but why put that out there? A guy who's brought you nothing but happiness, your favorite moments, and you know every one of these Twitter Cubs fans who go off on players, if they saw them, they would piss their jeans and be like, Javi, please shake my hand. Really? You're going to talk trash about that guy, a guy that you would kiss his ring if he asked you to. That makes That's zero totally sense to me. totally an shirt. Ha rip on Javi, how dare you? Yes, that should be. How dare you? Joe, Joe take a note of that. I love that company, by the way. I got to ask you, Joe, because I've, I've never actually met a comedian before. But, uh, like, what made you, like, decide, like, ha I mean, that's not an easy job. Like, to put yourself in front of people and be funny and witty at the same time. When did you s decide you wanted to do comedy, you know? Well, I knew at an early age that I did not want to wake up to an alarm clock. 
So I thought stand-up comedy would be the, the right path. Although I was once late to an 8 o'clock show, which is embarrassing. When your job starts at 8 p.m., you can't be late. I ba- No, basically, I was always... Uh, in eighth grade, I won class clown. Oh, you're the class clown. I was class clown. I finished second in high school. I still feel it was a rigged vote. Man. Um, but yeah, no, I was always, I was always like kind of the funny guy. I told, but I was, I wasn't aware of it until kind of college. I remember being at a party at DePaul University at an apartment, and it was a Friday night, and like Comedy Central would have their stand up on Friday night, and someone's like, "You should do that." I'm like, "Oh, I, I didn't even think about it," you know, and then. Other people were like, yeah, I love your stories. And I was like, oh, okay. And I always liked stand-up comedy, but it's, you know, that's not like a thing. You know, I grew up in a real blue-collar neighborhood. When I told people I wanted to do comedy Where'd you grow up at, Joe? I grew up in Portage Park, like off of Irving and Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, Kind of where like 90 and 94 split, you know. I grew up in high school. I took the blue line to the summer job I had downtown. Um, So, yeah, you know, I was a real city kid. But, again, everyone I knew growing up, their parents were... And, and my dad worked for the Chicago Park District. They had city jobs, uh, firemen, cops, teachers, construction workers. Nobody went into the arts. So going into that was kind of weird. And then I just, one thing picked up after another. I decided college wasn't for me, so I dropped out. I started taking uh, improv classes in Second City. And then th- from improv, I went to stand-up open mics. And then I'm like, stand-up's better than improv. I'm just going to stick to stand-up. And then, you know, just kind of build a word of mouth where people start to recommend you for shows and people who are further along than you will say, hey, come open for me. And then, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. So if anyone's listening, thinking about trying it, you, sh- you should because you don't want to be in your 50s and wish you would have done something that you no longer yeah. have the desire to do. And by the way, Stu, and I think this table will attest with me, every time I've ever been with you after midnight, you are funny and witty as well. <laughs> Hundred percent of the time. I'm gonna just be honest with you, Joe. Like to do what you do, you gotta have big, you know, bees, you know, big chops. I mean, uh, to put yourself out there, there's no one backing you up. You are the product, dude. And I think it's awesome. Tell us about like I've been following you for a while on Twitter. And now you're starting to do the recaps, but you were doing a podcast. But guess what, William? He got picked up as a free agent. He's got his own podcast with like five sponsors. He's getting paid to do it. Tell us about it, Joe. And tell us how to get there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that. So the recaps I started doing on Twitter. Yeah, I wasn't really that active on like Cubs Twitter, as it's called, until maybe 2018 season, I want to say. And and then I started coming across all these great accounts like Crawley's and who, of course, I knew from the HBO documentary. And I once sat near him, coincidentally, where he was holding up a no wave at Wrigley sign. And I'm like, I like this guy. And then a decade later, we became friends. So that's a crazy world. But, uh, you know, with the pandemic, uh, comedy clubs shut down. And I was just looking for more content to put out there because you want to stay relevant. I wanted to keep doing things to make people go, oh, he's funny. Where else could I see him? You know, I have a monetized YouTube channel and I have, you know, albums on Spotify. So I needed the royalty money. And uh, I just started doing these recap videos. After the game, I would film a two-minute recap of what happened. But I realized I didn't want to do it the same way like David Kaplan does it, which no disrespect to Kaplan. He's great. I wanted to do it where... I anticipated the people who were watching the recap saw the game, where he kind of informs you in case you missed it, so-and-so went six innings strong. I kind of, you know, I give out like, oh, Ian Happ, two bomb shots today, gotta love it. But I try to be a little silly with it, try to bring a little entertainment to it. You know, I'll go off on an ump, I'll go off on something a little ridiculous that happened. And then through that, I decided to start a Cubs podcast that I called the True Blue Cubs podcast where I would interview Cubs fans about like how they became a Cub fan and all that. 
and the Lockdown Cubs, the Lockdown Podcast Network, which is a really huge network, they get like eight million downloads a month. They came across that content, and the owner of the company sent me a Twitter message saying, hey, I'd love to have a meeting with you to talk about. And I had heard of the Lockdown Cubs podcast, so I kind of felt bad because I'm like, wait a minute, someone getting fired and I'm replacing them? And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I did, at first, I was like, oh, God, that sucks. But then it's like, if someone asked me to take over the Tonight Show, am I going to be like, oh, I don't know. This is going to hurt someone else's feelings. No, this is the business, and sorry, that that's the way it goes. I hope you get another gig. Um, but yeah, and so he hired me and I, I talked it over with him and I was like, yeah, this sounds like something I want to do. They had a built-in audience already, so I get you know, to talk to more Cubs fans, which at the end of the day is what you want, and it's been a blast ever since. You can find Locked On Cubs Podcast anywhere, right, Joe? Yeah, it's on everywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Check Odyssey. them out on the way to work, guys. I'm talking the, to you guys over there at that table. They're daily, daily 30-minute podcasts. They'll be up every morning, so on your commute to work, a 30-minute Cubs podcast for you. I like to be yep. silly with it and have some fun. All right, we got a great show tonight. Um, I do have a, a few announcements to make, all right? We have our first Club 400 event, not completely scheduled. It's going to happen in August. Joe, you might like this. I mean, he's, you're a little old for him, but... Sean Dunstan is coming to Club 400, all right? Wow. This, with the Seanometer. We will have the Seanometer there with the creator of the Seanometer there, and we're going to have a special night. Um, we're going to pin down the date, that's all. We're pinning down the date, but he has verbally accepted our offer, and we are good to go. I'm not saying that'll be our first event, but that's our first event planned. Also, Crawley probably doesn't even know this. September 18th. Crawley's Clubhouse, the San Ratos, and the Club 400 are hosting a tailgate party, Miller Park, where the Bleacher Bums will play, and maybe Joe will come out and party hard. I would love to. I had my 21st birthday at Miller Park, Cubs Brewers. Nice. In 2005, and um, we lost in extras, and it got a little rough in the parking lot. No fights, but a lot of words. Uh, yep. And All it, right. And if you're just getting here, please make sure during the break here to stop up and get a ticket. Yep. To, for a chance to win some Cubs tickets and other fun stuff. We have a very special guest coming up next. Uh, I tell you what, man, this is what Club 400 is all about. We're bringing, we're going to tell you the story, how it all came to be, and I am really, really, this is one of my, I mean, her letter made me cry, and we're going to bring her on and introduce her in a little bit. Uh, we're here at Parkside Pub in Huntley, Illinois. Bob Cashin is in the house. Joe Killigan from Chicago. We're partying, boy. All right, we got a surprise here tonight. We're going to do a few trivia questions. If you know the answer, raise your hand, all right? Thanks to Crawley from Crawley's Clubhouse. By the way, can we get like four cold Club 400 beers up here? That'd be awesome. Joe's ready. All right. We're going to get Nicole on here in a minute. All right. We're going to start with an easy one. If you know the answer, raise your hand. And we got a prize, all right? Who, and Crowley, you can't answer, all right? Who is the only Cub to win back-to-back -back MVP awards? Ernie Banks, he raised his hand first. Oh, uh, we got this awesome pro I 
You know, I, I get stuff in the mail from time to time. This is really awesome. This is a uh, check this out. Come on up. Uh, pretty awesome baseball here. That's pretty cool. The legendary. I mean, I don't know who gave that to me, but I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I got so much cup stuff. I don't know what to do with. I'll bring that tonight. So, yeah. all right, you can't win again. All right. All righty. We're gonna do another one. And then we're going to start our next segment because we're running long already. Which Cub outfielder saved the American flag from being burned in 1976? First hand up. Rick Monday, that's the first one I saw. All right, we got this hat. By the way, guys, follow us on Facebook. Wrigley View Rooftops, man. They've been really good to us, and they'll take care of you. This is a Wrigleyville. This is straight from Aiden, man. This is awesome. You can't even buy those anymore. He gave me like five. I, I was like, I'll spare one for sure. Maybe, yeah. That's uh, AidenWrigleyville.com. That's a great rooftop. All righty. We're going to do one more, and then we're going to start our second segment because he's already yelling at me. William, all he does is yell at me, dude. All right. I'm reading these a little bit before I go. Stu's never had a mic in his right, hand before, so we're just... Which team did Kerry Wood face when he struck out 20 batters? What team was it? First start and up. That's a winner. That's a winner. Hey, Crawley, you didn't put the answer behind that one. <laughs> Not after five beers, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Here you go, Joe. All right, I'll take one of those. All right, the next one. If you're 21, this is for this cold Club 400 lager here. Can we play the commercial real quick? Yeah, we got to play the Club 400 beer commercial. We're not podcasting right now. Give them a little Club 400 beer commercial, all right? My audio guy, I don't know about him. Wow, this is a good question. How many All-Star games have the Cubs played at Wrigley Field? I saw the hand go up in the back. Oh, sorry. You're wrong on that. You're wrong. Anybody else got an answer? No, you're wrong. Three in the back wins. All right. All right, you win this awesome, obvious shirt. The best club in Chicago is Club 400. All right. Good job. Club 400 Ballpark right. Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing, beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or sit back today. And please remember to drink responsibly. Awesome. All right, well, I'm going to give away this Club 400 beer. Where'd it go? There it is. All right. Next right answer gets a free Club 400 Lager on me. Name the date. The Cubs won 
2016 World Series. The date, the date. You can't answer. Oh, you lost. You can answer. Are you going to drink the beer? Up, oh, free Club 400 Lager. Come on up. Thanks for coming. Hold on. I will buy you a second beer if you can tell me the exact minute the Cubs won the World Series. 11.47 p.m. Yeah, exactly. I was in Cleveland, so that was November 3rd. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go on in about two or three minutes. And if, if you guys can give us your full attention on this one, I would appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you very much. All right. This is the second set of the podcast here. What are we recording? All right. Okay. We'll start here. Yo, we are at Parkside Pub drinking Club 400 Lager. Isn't it great, man? I'll tell you what, William, it's kind of nice to be out not wearing a mask, too, huh? It is nice. No masks. No masks. Most people are getting vaccinated. We're getting over this stuff. But uh, I'm bringing on a very special guest. And before I bring her on tonight, um, I want to tell you that, first of all, I'm bringing her on tonight because this are, these are the things that we want to do with Club 400, right? You know, we have raised over $500,000 for the best fans in all of sports. That's money actually given away back to the fans, man. With the goal of raising $1 million. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, Earlier this year, it was earlier this year, it was about a month or two ago, we gave away two Cub tickets. And we had people say, submit a, submit a, you know, submit a, submit a friend or whatever. And uh, we got about 50, 60 stories in. And we sent two Cub fans who met over Facebook, who love the Cubbies, to a game. And they had a wonderful time. You could follow that on our Club 400 public page. And one of the things about Club 400 is, guys, is that we are only as big as our following. We need you guys. We need to make things like we're about ready to talk happen more often, all right? Because I can't tell you about how happy and how unbelievable. I, I mean, I've, we've, we as a group has raised over $500,000, but like this, this was very, very special. It was very special. So Nicole, Nicole Goy is here tonight, guys, and I'm going to introduce her in a second. But uh, I get a lot of uh, requests that simply we can't handle, and I always tell you guys, I tell you guys the truth. When we have an event at Club 400, your money is going to the cause, all right? So freeways, whatever, $30,000, every one of that dollar is going to that cause. So we don't carry a heavy bank load. And you know what? One of these days, you will hear an event about benefiting an event for Club 400. So we're, we're able to do these things. Um, so anyways, on Facebook, I got tagged about 20 to 30 times on Nicole's wonderful story. By the way, we all should have a friend like Nicole, God bless her, 
Anyways, I got tagged so many times. I'm like, you know what? I can't fulfill all the requests, but this one seems a little special. And I think I, you know, I read the passion and what she wrote. And then when I talked to her, and then I really knew like, yes, we're going to move forward with this. So um, I want to bring her on right now. You got a mic. Oh, she's ready to go. Nicole, oh, she's right there. Uh, tell us about how we met and the story behind uh, last Monday, which was a beautiful night in a lot of different ways. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. No, beautiful is is a very small portion of what the way that I could possibly describe that evening. Stu, I know we've only known each other for a, like a week. I feel like I've known you forever. I feel like we go way back because of what we have shared in this whole experience. It's It's been incredible. I have a really, really good friend of mine, and she is a diehard Cubs fan. She would always text our group of friends with the updates and who was being traded and what the score was, and she was so dependable in that way. Lived life to the fullest. Every single day was... I mean, her nickname was Bubbles. That tells you something, right? Her nickname was Bubbles, literally. Heather, she's absolutely incredible. One of my favorite people. And we would always go to Cubs games together. That was our tradition. Every summer, we do, you know, one, two, three. It didn't matter. We just loved it. We just had a blast. And that was one of the common things that we shared in our friendship. That's just what we did. So two and a half years ago, she was diagnosed with liver cancer. It's a really fancy name, but it originated in the bile ducts. And um, I've been very, very fortunate. I feel very privileged that she's allowed me to walk this road with her. Um, going to chemotherapy appointments, meeting her doctor, Dr. Siegel, out of Elmhurst. He's, he's a great guy. But um, it's, been, it's been a hard road, but I've been blessed that I've been able to share this with her. Um, Things were not going well. There, she was doing all sorts of chemotherapy, all sorts of treatments. And for a while, we kind of thought, you know, we were doing okay. Um, I was on the phone with her now two Wednesdays ago. And uh, she said that they had decided to move forward on hospice. And that's when I, I think I, that's when I decided to go into this quest that I got to get Heather to one more game. I got to do it. And if, if you saw her, she would not look like herself. But knowing Heather, she would make it work. She would get there. And I started, well, my first phone call was Wrigley Field. And unfortunately, they don't have anything for this type of request. So I was pretty disappointed. Um, but then after that, then I hit um, social media, hardcore. I was putting tags out. I was talking to people. I was trying to tag all sorts of people, ask questions, all the groups that I'm a part of. And I'm like, does anybody have any connections with the Chicago Cubs? I know this is a long shot. Everybody wants a connection with the Chicago Cubs, right? Everybody does. Um, and so people were coming back and responding to me. Great intentions. Fantastic. And they were tagging all sorts of people. And hey, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my aunt has a coworker that used to serve food behind the, whatever. Uh, that's fine. You tell me to call them, I'll call them. All these people had great intentions. Unfortunately, there just wasn't a whole lot of things that came to fruition. But the one name that continued to come up was Stuart. Like, there were so many people that kept tagging your name. And I'm like, sure, you tell me to stand on my head and I'll do it. I don't care. So sure enough, I contacted they, Stuart. I think someone even gave me your number. And I think I either sent you a text or a phone number, or I wrote you an email or something. 
I, th- I got your number, and then, yeah, I called you the night we were doing a podcast, our last podcast, William. Yeah. This thing happened so quick. It's it was been, so you know. fast. It was so fast. So so people are, some people are responding, some people are not. So Stuart sends me an email and says, hey, give me a call at this time. I'm like, sure, no problem. I'll, I will do the same thing that I'm doing with all these other people. So I talked to Stuart, and I'm just kind of waiting at the end of the phone call, and he's like, yeah, I think we can do that. I'll get you to the game. And I was like, wait, what? What did you just say? You're going to get me to the game? He's like, yeah, we'll get you to the game. I'll take care of transportation. I'm going to get you there. I just about dropped the phone because I was like, it's not supposed to be this easy, right? And he, I feel like he just jumped into action without even hesitation. He heard my heart. He heard who Heather was. And I think that is the difference that Club 400 is making. Like you saw who she was through my words. And I appreciate it, Stuart. There, there are no words to describe what you have done and how much it means. From the start, uh, I think I, I could be wrong, but you contacted me maybe the Wednesday before the Monday yeah, that we went. It was Wednesday. And our, was Wednesday. the game that uh, we hosted was the Cubs versus the Nationals, Kyle, uh, Kyle Schrober's return, John Lester's return. So I think I um, talked to Nicole maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and I was like, okay, this is what I know we can do, right? And uh, <laughs> the backstory is, is we walk into Monday, and the whole thing about it was, is uh, Nicole, like me and Nicole, had a great understanding that you know we could plan all this, and mm-hmm. it could fall apart if she doesn't feel good that day. Heather, you, know? you mean Heather? Yeah, yeah, yeah Heather. Mm-hmm. Well, I talked to you about it. if she doesn't right. feel like. So right. I actually called Nicole up at uh, about ten in the morning, and I, and I was like, "Are we or go? Are we or go?" And she's like, "We're a go." We are go. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're go. Guess what? We don't have tickets yet. <laughs> and the only reason why we didn't have tickets, I worked with Brian Garza, who was awesome with the Chicago Cubs. I was trying to get the perfect seats. Uh, the re- I mean, hey, first of all, uh, Heather has a problem with her eyesight right now. Yeah. Yep. And so we wanted to get her really good seats right behind the Cubs dugout. And I was failing. I was failing. But I, I knew I could get something. But, you know, with COVID and the 20% restrictions that they have, and it wasn't easy. I, I asked people who I normally wouldn't ask for a favor, and no one could come through for me. So I was about ready to try to split your group up. And then I was like, no, can't do that. And then I found a couple tickets. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was stressing out big time. I went up and took a shower because I was getting ready to go to Wrigley to meet these guys. And by the way, Casey, uh, well, I'll put him in the show notes, his phone number. He works out here. He does transportation for us. He made sure that uh, he got Heather and Nicole right next to Wrigley oh, Field. Perfect. Frank perfect. Walker Jr., yeah. thank you to him. Joe with obvious shirts. There's a lot of people to thank. Yeah. But uh, I get out of the shower and I look at my phone. And Nicole texted me, my husband found these. I could. I wa- I ran down <laughs> the stairs naked, jumped on my computer because whoever put those tickets out there just did it. I mean, that was the last thing I did before I took a shower. I checked StubHub, and she's like, and their husband. These are Section 12, right behind the Cubs dugout. They're beautiful. I could not. I was like, I was back like when I was in the 1990s, and I was trying to get tickets to Tesla. You know, I was like, I couldn't have went through it fast enough. You know, and uh, luckily we secured the tickets, which made the night so special. Wilson Contreras, uh, acknowledge these guys. Oh, uh, yeah. tell, tell, tell us about the night itself. Oh, the night was perfect. And just like Stuart said, we had to be really careful because, I mean, we've all walked through chemotherapy and cancer with some loved one or loved ones. We've all done it. And when you're on chemotherapy, especially now with Heather with hospice, 
every day is, is iffy. You just don't know if you're going to wake up feeling crappy, if you're going to wake up feeling okay. So Stuart and I had this understanding that if Heather was like, I can't do it, then Stuart was so sweet. And he's like, that's fine. We'll do it Tuesday. So there was not this pressure for Heather that she just had to perform in a sense. So we, he got the tickets. He had arranged for Casey to come and pick us up. I, I, it was like a chariot. It was amazing. He came right to my house to pick me up. I was like, what is this? This is awesome. So he came and he picked up Heather and her sister and her best friend and literally dropped us off at the entrance of Wrigley Field. It was beautiful. And right at the entrance of Wrigley Field was Frank standing there with a wheelchair for Heather because she, she couldn't walk very well. So there's the wheelchair. We sit down on the wheelchair and they literally wheel us right in. It was like VIP treatment. It was beautiful. And Heather felt so loved. And that's exactly what I wanted her to feel. So she conquered a few stairs. We got to these beautiful seats, absolutely beautiful. And as we're sitting down, all these people are coming up to us and introducing themselves to Heather. Like she was a celebrity. It was awesome. I, we met John Vincent, who was the um, national anthem singer. We met another gentleman, John. There was a guy, John, who I don't know his last name, but he ended up- Carol Haddon. Carol Haddon, we yeah. met her. She came up, introduced herself. Heather got an autograph ball from the team with all of the autographs. And then this, guy, this gentleman named John handed it to her. She was like, you're kidding me. She almost cried. It was beautiful. So we're watching. All these people are introducing themselves. It was beautiful. The security team is being on point, checking in with us just about every 20 minutes. Are you guys okay? Is there anything that you need? Can we go get anything for you? I mean, it was, they, they couldn't have taken better care of us, Stuart. They really couldn't have. And then at the end of the night, <clears throat> and I'm going to shout out to, to Joe of Obvious Shirts. So he was telling me that he could help. I got in touch with him over the same way I got in touch with Stuart. And he's like, hey, I got a shout out to Wilson Contreras, who happens to be Heather's favorite player. And he's like, you know, he's going to make a shout out to Heather. He's going to make a shout out to Heather. And so I'm kind of waiting a little bit, like, because he can see us at this point. We're not too far. The seats that Stuart got us were great. And I'm kind of waiting and waiting and nothing happened. And so Joe's text me. He's like, did you hear anything yet? And I'm like, no, not yet, but it's okay. Don't worry about it. You've done everything you can. And so the end of the night happens and Wilson starts checking out the stands. He starts looking and I'm waving like a crazy person, like right here. Heather's right here. I know you're looking for her. She's right here. And so finally he locks eyes with her and he starts doing like the heart symbol and the thank you for coming symbol and just... And Heather, I'm looking at her, I'm like, Heather, this is for you. And she was like, I know. It was beautiful. Everybody was in tears at that point because we knew how much Wilson meant to her. I'll tell you what, I mean, just. It was perfect. It was, it was perfect unbelievable. It was, it was one of those things that was probably one of our toughest tasks to pull off yes. because of the situation. Yes. But, you know, for some reason, even though I was in that, because I was in the shower, like, freaking out. I'm like, we don't have any tickets. Oh, my God. I'm going to be a failure. But I had this inner peace. I'm not kidding. I had an inner peace that somehow this is all, even at, like, 1.30 in the afternoon, when the game started at 6.40, I had an inner peace that something was going to work out. Yeah. And it did. And uh, yeah. 
I'll tell you what, one of our proudest things, and one of those things is, Nicole, you've been awesome every step of the way. Your passion and your love for Heather is uh, like the same love and passion I have for my friends, and that's one of the reasons why I was so attracted uh, to you and your love for your friend, and I was like, we got to help these guys out, you know? And uh, But that's what I appreciated about you, Stuart, is you jumped into action as if Heather was your friend, that she wasn't mine. Like, you felt as passionate about helping her as I did. Because I had already looked into this months ago when she was not as sick. And I had looked into other charities and other organizations. But there's so many hoops that they make you jump through that the person that you're trying to help either has to be on hospice, has to be, have a diagnosis of less than six months to live. Well, I, I couldn't check either one of those boxes. And so when she was put on hospice and then I hadn't done anything, I was like, I'm too late. I'm too late. And that's when you jumped in. And you, you didn't even hesitate. You didn't even hesitate. Well, if we ignore that, then we ain't Cub fans helping Cub fans. I'll tell you that much. Amen. And, uh, Amen. I mean, yeah. I was just going to say, um, first of all, too many stories about you in the shower, but we'll talk about that later. Um <laughs> If you have the wherewithal, go to the Club 400 page and watch. Did you put together the video? My son did. My son, Nicole's I, son put yes. together a video. I've watched it six times. I cried five. One, I was in front of my wife trying to act like a tough guy. But it's you can't help but crying. It's unbelievable. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, she, uh, she came over a few days later. Um, Nicole did and brought me cookies and... She made me cry the first time in three years. I haven't cried in a long time. She made me cry. And I really appreciate you know, and that's, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I brought Nicole out here. First of all, she's an awesome person, and she's like exactly what we want to do, you guys. Like the Cubs, unfortunately, don't, you know, they're, they're not as good as they could be as being fan-friendly. I'm like, why don't you do like, a, like 81 games, 81 wishes? And you host a family, right? That's, That's awesome. what I would That's like awesome. to do. Or host some people that couldn't afford a ball game. Host, you know, someone like going through someone like Heather's situation. And there's no reason, like, we can't do that. Like, we are the best fans of Chicago, all of sports. We are Chicago Cub fans. And, uh, that's, and the reason why I brought Nicole here tonight is because I think that's the future of the club in some ways. I really want to help out the individual person, the individual Cub fan. I want to make wishes come true. I want to make people. I want to make people happy. I want to make Cub fans happy. That's what we're all about. And Nicole, I know that uh, we just met, but I really think you'll see her around at a lot of events, and she's going to help us out. And that's how we grow as a group, and that's how we grow as an organization. And I'm happy to have you on board with oh, us man. down the line. You're stuck with me now, Stuart. Sorry about that. I'm not going anywhere. This is an amazing group of people that you have. It's, it's incredible. It's, uh, the you, community is insane. All right, Nicole, thanks for coming on. Yeah, and, you, uh, you know, our heart goes out to Heather and her family and her sister and her, everybody. And uh, I, she's not done fighting, right? No, no she's, she's not. not done no, fighting. No, she's not you know, done you, fighting. You, I saw her Saturday, and she looked great. And I was like, girl, you're looking so good. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you're awesome. looking good. So, so I'm encouraged. When, if you, whenever you listen to this podcast, if you could say a, a prayer for Heather, we'd appreciate it. And uh, 
All right, we're Parkside Pub, everybody. Cub fans helping Cub fans. Yeah. Joe Killer Gallon, Killer Gallon in the house. Can I've I been, add? I've been messing his name up the whole time. Jesus. It's okay. I want to add thanks to Nicole and Heather for giving us another reason to extend Wilson Contreras. A beer? Anybody want a? Who wants a beer? Huh? Club Four Hearts in the house. Who wants? Oh, look at that guy wants a beer. That's one beer. Uh, give him a Miller Lite, even though he's a sucker. Drinking Miller Lite. Give Crowley a beer. Uh, where, where's our beautiful waitress at? Tip your waitress. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Large tips. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Club for Heart live at Parkside Pub, and we're going to switch it up a little bit. That was an awesome session with Nicole, and uh, like I said, man, that's what Club for Heart's all about. We want to keep doing that, and that's one of the reasons why I brought her on, was because that, I think, is the future of Club for Heart. That's what I want to do. Um, make dreams happen. Anyways, William, Joe Killigallon came all the way from Chicago tonight to party with us. Let's he's missing the game. I don't know how he's going to even do a recap tonight. I'm catching enough of it. Uh, I know They're the losing. play ball's been killing us right now. So, anyways, we are um, uh, one of these things that have come up. We're going to do a comedy. We're going to do comedy. Well, that's why we got Joe. We're going to try to be like Joe. Joe's going to be the funny guy, and we're going to just help him along here. No pressure, Joe, but, you know, you, d you did work with the 2016 Cubs a few times. I'll assist. <laughs> um, unwritten rules. We've seen that happen a lot in baseball lately where what is right, what is wrong, and, like, how far, do you, is, how far is it okay to swag a home run to do a bat flip? I mean, but we're going to turn around in some different angle, right, William? I think we should. We should do some unwritten rules for life. All right, we're like, gonna we're like gonna get club, off baseball and do unwritten rules for life, like Club 400 style. Club 400 style, and really, I'm gonna stay out of this, William. You're, I may say something here, but I want you to ask Joe or state the, the facts and see what Joe has to say here. All right. Well, if you listen to the podcast ever, you know me and toilet paper. There's a big, huge thing there. Oh, you're going to want to say something here. Oh, yeah. I got, uh, see, the mic already came up off the table. Whoa, William, what are you doing there? Um, quick story. I go to Arizona with William, right? Joe, tell me if you ever met a guy like this before, right? We walk into this very nice B, BRB, 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 whatever it is. And the first thing William does is he walks around and does a toilet paper check. Now, I'm thinking about a lot of different things. One of them is not a toilet paper check. But he is a prepared guy. So he went around. Like, we're there, like, the second day. He goes, Stu, we got a problem. We got eight rolls, three bathrooms, and six guys. It doesn't add up, buddy. What, uh, what kind of power dumps do you think were going to happen? That day roll seems like it'd be enough. How long was it? A week long Well, you stay? met two of the dudes here, so... You guys look I mean, like you dropped some thunder. That's for there sure. Was, <laughs> there was thunder being dropped, and I just wanted to make sure we had... Well, obviously, um, we're out late in Arizona partying it up, whatever, so... Do you work in insurance? Because that's like an insurance salesman's move. you got to make sure you got some backup rolls ready to go. Are you a Charmin guy? You like a little... Little four ply? Charmin. It's got to be Charmin Charmin's all the, the way. Best. I agree. All right. So, our first rule is if you use up all the toilet paper, refill it. Absolutely. I feel like that even shouldn't, that shouldn't be unwritten. That should be like an 11th commandment. 
It should be written, actually. Right? I think. It, should it should be, be a sign in the bathroom. Etched in stone. Do not so much. I mean, I, I'm kind of thinking like William could be hammered at the end of the night partying with me, and he's changed his toilet paper roll before he goes to bed just so he's ready for 3 o'clock in the morning. Am I right or wrong, William? You are right. <laughs> yes. Second. <laughs> All right, second rule, and Stu, uh, you and I kind of epitomize rule number two. You can disagree with somebody without fighting. That's a good, healthy rule. You could disagree with someone without fighting, but... You cannot triple stamp a double stamp. That would lead to fighting. I stand by that. Don't, don't question my logic, please. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> We're going to go places. This is my favorite. Do not one-up someone when they finish a story by telling one of your own. Hold on. I got, I got something I got to say about that. I'm kidding. That's, I would have been one-upping you, right? I know. I've, uh, yeah, that's a good one. That one is hard to, to enforce, though. Because sometimes people are like, I'm just relating off of what you said. It depends the situation. If you're at like a party and there's a gathering and people are starting to fill in, or if you got, what if you're the married guy and your single friend is trying to one-up you in order to impress single people around him? At that point, you step aside and you, you allow your friend to shine. That's how I feel. I totally agree with you, but we all know those people who... You're telling them a story. It could be something like... I'm kind of worried. That might be one of those guys. I don't know. Or something. It could be like a big, huge sob story. And they're not even listening to you. They're thinking of what their story is going to be to type. That's a good point. Those people exist. Well, going back to what Joe said earlier. Uh, real quick story. So we'll move on to the next one. But I met, hung out with Chris Chelios, right? And I was uh, hanging out with him in a hotel room. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. And but I was talking to him. You ever talk to somebody and the, the other person's not even looking at you? And you know what? I was fucking, oh, sorry. I was drunk, all right? And uh, I go, hey, Chris, it's obviously you don't give a shit about what I have to say, so I'm going to move on over here. And he's, whoa, whoa, like I caught him off guard because I, I called Chris Chelios out on not paying attention to what I had to say. And then he, he listened to me, but I was like, I don't think he liked me after that. <laughs> Number three, William. Gutsy, though. Well, well, real quick, though. Back to number two, though. I agree with number, number three, I should say. Don't one-up someone's story, but there's an addendum unless it's your friend who's trying to, to hook up. Because then, if, if you get mad at him for that, then you are... Makes total sense. C-blocking him, well, and we yes, don't do that. That's right. part no, of... No, okay. you got to be a proper wingman. So there is, sure, there is yeah. like a clause there's to that rule. clearly asterisks and clauses. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right, number four. If you borrow something for, from someone for a third time, you need your own. I would agree with that. I'm trying to think if there's any exception to the rule. Maybe unless it requires a pickup truck, you can't expect someone to buy a pickup truck. But if it's something like, hey, a leaf blower or, you know, a, a stereo equipment. Something like that, yeah, PA. <laughs> my snowblower, Jeff, it's in his garage. It's in my neighbor's garage right now. I don't even have my snowboard. I mean, just go get your own, right? All right, number five. I hate to keep going back to the bathroom, but we all go there sooner or later. Buy a plunger before you need a plunger. Yes, I almost feel like houses should come with plungers, don't they? If you buy a house, the plunger should come with the way the blinds come with. Don't buy those cheap ass ones. Get a real, you know, professional grade plunger. Yeah. As I've recently learned. 
by a viper toilet. <laughs> I want to know what kind of trauma happened in your childhood in the bathroom that's led you to become the man you are today. It's my adulthood. It's there's, my there's something going on. Where you he's only like 52 years old. Can you imagine when he was like 70 or 80 when that's all you talk about? Was the last time you went? I mean, come on. All right, here's an unwritten rule. <laughs> I don't really get this. I don't understand why people do it, but do not look through the gap of the bathroom stall ever. I agree. Don't people normally look for the feet, though? You look, you look below for feet. Some people look through the gap. I, I read it on the internet. At the gap in the bathroom with the stall. The I'm looking door. at my cell phone usually. No, I'm on the Facebook. Person, no, the looking person walking that, in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Looking in. Yeah, you're looking like, through what's them. What's going on? Oh, in no, there? no, no, no. Don't no, do that. That's no, bad no, no, news no, bears. No, don't do that. For those of you, Joe, you probably can't relate to this since you don't have a normal 9 to 5, 8 to 5, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. job, but. For those people who work in an office, never, ever, 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 ever cook fish in the office. Yeah, that's pretty brutal, you know? There's enough bad smells that go in that little uh, break room. I've, I've worked early in my 20s. I had some office jobs where there was definitely always someone where you were like, oh, my God. Early you want to work look, look, this is something I feel like on stage I might get in trouble for. But you want to respect all cultures, but certain cultures' food is not break room friendly. You know? Totally. I, I, get, like it. I get it. There's a, you know, there's a few here or there where it's like there's... Because certain smells don't mix well with other smells. That's all I'm saying. I think we go, oh, you are what you eat pretty much, right? Because, like, I'm a big pizza and chicken wing eater, and like, it doesn't always work out so well. Especially the hottest wings they have. Joe, I don't know about you, but I'm like a 10 on the hot scale. I like them hot, but I don't know if I could go a 10. I like a good eight. An eight I'm up to. Respectable. Respectable. All right, Stuart, this one is directed at you. If you borrow someone's car, fill it up before you return it. Directed at you because uh, it also is if you have somebody drive your car, make sure there's gas in it before you tell them to drive. All I got to say is this, Joe. I've ran out of gas two times, and William has been the driver both. Okay? <laughs> it almost feels intentional. True story. True. I, I think I ran out of gas when I was like 18, but now that I'm 46 years old, 47 years old, like I'm trying to make sure my gas tank's full even though it's on empty right now. No joke. It's really on empty. I'm like, should I go to the gas station or should I go to Parkside Pub on time? I chose Parkside Pub on time. I'm gambling on the way home. I like gambling. How about you, Joe? You like gambling? Uh, yeah, I like to roll the dice. Right. I like to gamble a bit. Not as often as I used to. You did say gamble, right? Or am I just thinking oh, No, I said gamble. I said gamble. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're, the kids are... There's still a few kids here, so I'll do okay. this one quietly. Don't have sex, S-E-X, with They're your friends the word. if you want to remain friends. Also, for sure, no sex with their ex. That's a, that's a late one. That's like a 10 o'clock question. I think there's some generational stuff in that one, though, because I know a lot of friends of mine. Now, I'm 36. I've got friends who are in their late 20s where they go, yeah, I've got a friend that we play uh, racquetball. We'll, we'll say it that way since there's children here now. And we get along just fine, and we keep it going, and we, we laid out ground rules. And they seem to pull it off, although... Typically, I would lean on your side with that one. Now, the other one with friends, you don't hook up with their ex. That one I strongly do agree with. Um, 
you know, depending, there's probably a gap there. You know what I mean? If it's someone where it's like, oh, I dated her in freshman year of high school, and then you start dating her in your 30s, that's probably okay. But there's definitely, that's a strong rule, and I'm glad you included it. And finally, the last one. No matter what, do not talk to somebody about a no-hitter when it's in progress. And that goes for fans, too. Just don't even talk about it. We don't have to worry about that tonight, because it seems like the Cubs are getting pounded, but... Well, three to one, I believe. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you. I was at Jake Arrieta's no-hitter in Los Angeles, August 30th, 2015. And we all started to realize, uh, I was with some other great comedians. I was actually, Roy Wood Jr., who's on The Daily Show, bought the tickets. He had just gotten hired to be a new correspondent on The Daily Show. And he hit me up going, hey, and I was already at the other two games. The Sunday game was the only game I wasn't going to of that set. He goes, hey, man, Cubs game, tickets on me, be there. Cubs Dodgers. He's a big Cubs fan because of WGN growing up in Alabama. And right around the fifth or sixth, we all started to look at each other. And the one Dodger fan who was with us is a comedian named Felipe Esparzo, who I think took second and last comic standing like in 2007 or something. He was like, wait, is there no word? Like, shut up. Shut up. You were doing that. You ever tell someone to shut up through your teeth where you're like, shut up. You don't even open your teeth fully. That's what we were all doing. Shut, shut your mouth. We were doing it that way. And then he was like, all right, all right, all right. You know, and then he, he learned because we all wanted to attack him at that point. And luckily, Jake uh, carried through and uh, we were all dancing in the streets. It was beautiful. I got to ask you this. Now we're done with the top 10. Last week, I think it was, White Sox hitter, what was his name? 3 and 0 count, uh, position player pitching. I don't know. Let's probably know. Mercedes, yeah. you're something? Okay. Yerman Mercedes. Thank okay you, Okay or not okay? Any Sox fans in the house? Sox fans. Yeah, boo. Uh, you oh, know what? I, I, uh, Wait, what? Get deep. Get deep. Nah, how's it going? Jock Peterson again, baby. Jock Peterson, ladies and gentlemen. It's the mustache. It's that stash. He's looking like a Chicagoan. We need six more bears to the front. Somehow they disappeared on me. I don't know how. Spring if we didn't have those two rally killing double plays, we would be uh, leading this game. All right, no, so um, what was the question? I got two. Uh, the, <laughs> three and a home run. Oh, three and a home run. You know what? I'm okay with it. Most... Every now, here's the thing though. I played in a 16-inch softball game two years ago. We were up by like 12, and we were an inning away because you used to play at least four innings in the one league for a slaughter rule. And I didn't tag up from third. I was at third, and someone hit a fly ball that I could have easily tagged up on. I didn't, and someone's like, "Why didn't you go in for it?" And I'm like, "We're up by 12. This game's over," you know. And so, because I think that way, some people would think I'm against Yerman hitting the three-run homer, but it's different now. We saw how the Cubs went to arbitration with Ian Happ for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Every one of these stats matters, and if the other team is going to throw up a position player, I'm okay with them teeing off on the guy. Uh, there are some things where it's like, yeah, you want to have a little bit of class here and there. I'm weird. I'm weird as a fan. I love bat flips, but I also love some chin music, too. If you're a pitcher and you want to intimidate and throw high and tight, don't hit the guy, of course. I'm for that, too. I, I'm, I'm for anything that creates excitement. A bat flip creates excitement. You know, walking off the mound after you're striking a guy out and, and getting all jacked up the way we saw Ryan Tapera on Sunday night when he struck out uh, Arenado. That I love. I love it all. Bat flips, charging the mound, do it all. I'm for all of it. But I don't like Tony La Russa because you don't throw your own players under the bus. You protect your players. And when you don't follow actual laws, 
You, how dare you talk trash about someone for hitting a 3-0 cookie into the seats? Yerman Mercedes is a guy who's a 28-year-old rookie. He's been up and down his whole career. He's, it's finally clicking for him. If he wants to swing at, at a t-ball pitch, let him. That's the way I view it. William, you're fired. He's now a part of my podcast team, everybody. Well, you're better off, <laughs> for sure. Hey, I got one more. I got an announcement. Okay, we got an announcement here. I got an announcement here. We have, first of all, we have a graduate in the house. He graduated about an hour and a half ago from Marlowe Middle School. Kyle is with us here. He's in the black shirt. Congratulations to Kyle. And he reminded me I got to get going because my son graduates in 29 minutes. Yes, true. True story. But he's got an announcement here. He wants to say, everybody, please listen. Stop your conversations, please. He wants to say thank you to a couple of his teachers that are here, Mr. Hanflan and Mr. Quick, and especially Mr. Francis. Nice. So the teachers are here from Marlow Middle School. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Kyle. Good luck. At, are you going to Huntley High School? Nice. A future Red Raider. Good luck. He's on the school board. You can give him 20, and you'll make sure you get straight A's. I'll make sure you get straight through. No problem. We are Club 400. Uh, Cub fans helping Cub fans. A uh, couple events coming up really soon. Uh, we got one. Uh, Sean Dunstan in August. Uh, party with Crawley's Clubhouse and Danny Rocket Sign Ranters. On September 18th, and we're going to St. Louis, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. We're going to St. Louis. All right. Big, huge thank you to Nicole. Nicole, the best. Is the best ever. And Joe. Joe, thank you for coming out, buddy. Joe, you're still on the show. Hey, thank you so much. You I guys appreciate it. Um, you're you guys are the best. We've Seriously, never had a comedian at Club Warner, but I promise you we will really soon. Joe, you are the part of the family now. Thank you for coming out. And we're looking forward to only good times ahead, my brother. It means a lot. Thank you, guys. I can't appreciate it enough. Make sure you checked out the Locked On Cubs podcast anywhere podcasts are found. His YouTube page. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for coming out. Everybody here at Parkside Pub. Huntley, Illinois. Happy graduation. Well, you better get to graduation. You better get out here. Love you guys. Take care.
producer <laughs> motor on the table, and then he's, <laughs> he's got his club. He goes, 